Hey everyone, welcome to the GIST Podcast. If you're tired of being comfortable and want to take on living life from the context of 100% fuck yeah, join us each week as we share lessons we're experiencing in this crazy game called life. We invite you to play along and get your shit together. Take responsibility for how your life is currently going and at the same time, take on new, fun, and sometimes crazy shit. We promise to challenge your thinking by being vulnerable, authentic, and straight up with what we're dealing with, what doesn't work, and what can. Be warned, this is not your grandma's podcast. So, uh, welcome. Good morning. We're at episode 30 of The Gist. Wow. Yeah, 30 episodes in, and still actually enjoying it. Yeah, enjoying it and still... In our infancy. And still in our infancy, there's been a lot of growth and growing and learning. That's actually why we were here this morning. And uh, and part of our weekly regime is is uh, elevating. What, what does it just look like moving forward? Right. So yeah. we're, we're shifting it, uh, uh, the context, deepening the context a little bit. It's less about a podcast and it's more about a way of life. And so how do we... Uh, reflect that as like something that we're up to mm-hmm. and that we mm-hmm. want to talk about and share about and uh, it's going to take a little bit because we also have run full-time gigs and got families and, and all that shit so well that's so, the thing though is like anything that starts off as something always ends up as something else when totally. you start finally getting to the end of it it's uh, or even to the middle or slight beginning whatever it is it always transforms right so as long as you're willing to embrace that yeah that's usually when the good stuff comes so yeah, I guess, and that's that's what has us down here at seven thirty on Saturday morning. Yeah, you know, well, it's a beautiful morning though. Fit, fit, I think it that is. Much, at least. And this space yeah. is always really nice to play inside of. I, I've always enjoyed. This building's amazing. Yeah, it's very creative. I feel the creative juices yes, flowing. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, episode thirty, and we have a another special guest, Nathan Elson. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks I, for coming. I, are we looking at that? You can look or? there if you want. You can look at us if you want. Right. And there is no rules to yeah. how we do it's things. Just however right. you feel yeah. like doing things. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Just keep Fair the uh, the the flatulence and rude, <laughs> rude noises um, to a minimum. Fair. Burn. Yeah, <laughs> do your best. Yeah. So uh, Nathan's come to uh, kind of shoot the shit with us for a little bit for for the next uh, half an hour or so. And um, Vern and I, when we were coming down here. We're thinking about, okay, so what are we going to talk about with Nathan? Yeah. Like, hmm, that's a, that's a really good question, Vern. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is probably something we should have thought of uh, a little bit before, not, not uh, an hour before. But then, uh, so I, I got really connected to the fact that the, we don't actually know each other that well. We've no. had, we had a few conversations. Um, I know that you run a business in photography and, and video production and uh, and you're doing pretty pretty well at it yeah. right now. Life is good. Life is good. And there was an interesting thing that you put on the table as uh, as a a concern, let's say. Be like, yeah, things are going good now. And I'm just not too sure how long that's gonna last. Yeah, well and that's part of like, you know, this I don't know, I've been thinking about a lot of this whole I guess, creative endeavor as a means to make a living. I've been doing this for 10 years, so I'm not, you know, super seasoned, but I'm not 
fresh meat either. You know, right. I've, I've got a little bit of perspective at this point. But yeah, like throughout those ten years, there's been moments where, you know, every just everything just feels like it's completely falling into place. There, nothing can derail me. Everything is exactly as it should be. And then a month or two later, the bottom falls out, <laughs> and you're trying to figure out what happened, why, like wh- where where did this come from? How do I fix it? And then you ramp back up. And I don't know. Um, I guess for me. Because I started listening to you guys' podcast, but a lot of it was actually after the post that you did where you were just, you were having a shit day. Yeah, things were working too well. And, but I I grabbed onto the honesty of it and I just thought like, this is amazing because mm-hmm. in this social world that we live in, everybody paints this majestic brush of like, oh, everything is amazing. I'm so busy and I've got the best clients and mm-hmm. I love you know, my I life guess, right Yeah, now. I get to travel and do all this. A lot of it is bullshit. Like, oh, I mean, dude. there's so much of it that, but you see all of it and you're completely like, well, you, take it hammer, you make it mean something going, he's in Italy again. Like yeah. what the hell's going on here? But <laughs> why am I not living his life? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then I saw that post that you had and it was kind of like, you know, you were questioning everything kind of like, why the fuck am I doing this? And yeah, like I reached out to you and I said, listen, you know, like obviously, you know, there are times when this happens. This is when you figure out, I, one of the best things anybody ever said to me is like, you truly figure out when you're an entrepreneur, when your back is so far up against the wall that you don't know, you can't go anywhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. That is when the entrepreneur brain kicks in, mm-hmm. you figure it out, you plow through and you make it happen. It, yeah. It's not always easy and it doesn't always work out, but that is typically when you figure out if you can problem solve. Yeah. And so, yeah, <clears throat> I sent a message out to Dave and I just said, Hey, you know, I've been there and I know I'll be there again. I've recognized that through the the shifts of what it is in my industry. But as long as you, you know, kind of like keep your head up and realize that, you know, today sucks, but tomorrow might not. Yeah. Then, you you know, you can hammer through it because it's, it is easy to fall into the, why am I doing this? Yeah. And it's a lot harder to find the reason through that to figure out why you wanted to do this in the first place. Well, and if it's actually even big enough, uh, inspiring enough, to source you through this thing now. Yeah. Right. Like is what I'm yeah. up to actually worth it. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you're striving for survival, then it's probably not that compelling. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and yeah. And that's the thing is like, you kind of have to, you know, for, for my industry being a photographer is, you know, I, I really like what I do. Like it's, I get to go to a job every day that I, that I loved doing prior to making it a job. Right. There are days when it feels like work because now it is my career. There are yeah. days where I'm shooting something that doesn't feel overly creative, but it's mm-hmm. paying well. Or, you know, going to a place I didn't really want to go, but it's just part of what I have to do. Or writing a thousand bids to land four of them. You know, it's just... God, those are good odds. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's just, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, there's this grind to it that can take away some of that luster of Mm. what made you fall in love with for me photography but when it became a career there's different parts of it that can kind of chip away at it and if Mm. you don't you know find ways to to make that part of your life better and or uh take what you loved about photography and start doing more of that just for yourself right then it it becomes something that you didn't want it to in the first place. And that's when you start questioning, like, why am I doing this? Why am I here? Is this worth it? Is this really what I wanted? Different things like that. And so 
it's like I was saying, it's really easy to fall into the negative of almost anything in life. It's really hard to it's stay like really easy. Up. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the interesting thing about it is that you, you have the opportunity to create whatever you want in your mind. You mm-hmm. can speculate all you want, but it's so funny how it's most people, in my experience, it's easy to the pull is to go negative. Like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? Yeah, like, you're you can talk yourself out of anything. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Really it's, good at that. it's interesting. So, so what what area of uh, photography do you focus in, and why would you say things are going so well? Like, what's what's got you lit up these days? Uh, well, I'm a portrait guy, <clears throat> so typically, like ninety five percent of my work is portrait based, photographing people. And I don't know, I, there's different aspects to it. Where, you know, I live in Calgary. Calgary is not a town of celebrities. Calgary is what? not a town of fashion. Calgary <laughs> is a business city. We do business here. That's kind of like the bread and butter of it. It's a very corporate city. But so I looked at that and, you know, I've got a family where we've kind of set our roots. I love living here. I love being close to the mountains. You know, we're, we're close to family back to Saskatchewan. It all kind of makes sense. There's other places I could go, but I would kind of cut myself off from all of that just for photography. Right. So I started looking at it and what is it that I like about photography and what is it that I would like to do? And a lot of that is I really love editorial. I love that whole kind of creating an interesting image, something that makes people want to stop and, you know, take a couple of seconds to look at it. And so I started approaching corporate photography in that sense, you know, That's taking awesome. a CEO and mm-hmm. put him in, putting him somewhere on a rooftop overlooking the city versus standing in front of a great backdrop with oh, his okay. hands Lightly cross in front of, yeah, or, you know, different things that way and just kind of taking what I love about certain styles of photography and applying it to what it is that's available for me here. And what worked out is all of these companies kind of went like, holy shit. Okay, I didn't really think of doing it this way. This is awesome. Like This makes our brand, our company or whatever look elevated. And so it's just kind of steamrolled from there that's interesting i was listening to a a talk on the weekend a video and the guy was talking about in business um be where other people are not Mm -hmm. so he's talking about having breakfast meetings with clients for example well other people are not doing that so that's why it could be valuable so the same thing i mean you could take a really nice photo you can edit it really nice all that kind of stuff but yeah the gray backdrop kind of gets a little bit yeah you know and i'm not that great of a looking guy so i'd prefer to have a nice backdrop with it would be pretty cool outside or downtown calgary yeah. or whatever right and i mean and it's just one of those things where you know just my general approach to my business has always been that i love meeting people that's that's another reason why i'm down here i just i like having conversations with people and when I'm meeting all these different people, be it, you know, a CEO of a major company or somebody who's a startup or somebody who's a musician or somebody who's an artist or something like that, I get to hear all these random stories of life mm-hmm. and kind of like how they got to where they got to be and everything like that. And some of the most, you know, like kind of to me, important portraits I've taken are people who have contacted me to shoot like end of life portraits. They've got oh, wow. cancer. They're going to die in a few weeks. They That's want, intense. they've seen my work and they go, you know, I, I really like what you've done, especially with the black and white work. I love black and white and a lot of people oh, get cool. drawn to that. And so they say, you know what? I would love to have one of these portraits of me for my family. And I take that it, it, A as a huge compliment. Absolutely. But B as I get to be, you know, I get to learn more about life in terms of like getting to go through something that I'm not actually going through and kind of getting that perspective. Yeah. And so for me, when it comes to 
all of that. It just comes naturally. But the other side of that is when people ask me, like, what do you do for marketing? I just say, I want as many people saying my name as possible. I want when somebody mentions photography to say, you should, you should check out Nathan because that's that automatic gold stamp. If somebody finds an ad on Facebook or something. Yeah. They're still not sure. Yeah. They go like, Oh, you know, it's good work, but whatever. But if somebody says, I'm looking for a photographer and their friend, coworker, family, whatever says, you should go check out Nathan. There's like that gold stamp. Yeah. That for sure. Somebody who they trust has given them the okay to contact me. And mm -hmm. you know, for Calgary being a big city is a, such a small town. And so people are always changing within industries, um, ad agencies to different, you know, marketing departments within different companies and they take me with them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, that's kind of like been my, my bread and butter in terms of everything is just relationships, getting people to know who I am. I like to have fun on set, but I like to create good work and I just want, everyone else to have that same idea when they show up we're gonna have a good time but we're gonna create something that you know works properly for what you guys are doing as a company and it just it's translated well wow. unfortunate so. <clears throat> that fits right inside of uh, exactly just I would say what we mm -hmm. were explaining exp expanding on this morning yeah this need for fulfilling play and and just like excitement around what's possible what what's going to happen next versus Fuck, we gotta do photography. Yeah, yeah. Like, I hate getting my headshot done. Right? Yeah. Would, uh, that would probably be the one line I would say you hear. Oh, most. I, I, the, I the biggest thing I hear is I hate having my photo taken. Yeah. To which I reply, I know, but somehow I've made a career out of it. That's <laughs> one of those things where, yeah. you know, it's depending on who the client is. Sometimes it's deemed as a necessary evil, and other people are legitimately excited about creating something. Right. So, but I always tell people too, you hate having your portrait taken until you've seen a good portrait of you. Right. Yeah. And when they see There's it and they get excited and they're like, oh wow, that's different than anything I've ever had. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well that's my job. Yeah. I'm that not, is, I'm not going to walk in here, here with for. a selfie stick. You know yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here <laughs> to do some work. I want to make something for people that they yeah. haven't seen. Yeah. Right. And you know, I'm not creating new, like, you know, I'm not breaking down any walls. I'm not creating anything that people haven't seen, right. but I'm just doing something here that a lot of people aren't. Right. So I, I don't pretend that I'm, I'm creating this new genre that's unheard of. I just, what I like about photography for whatever reason fit into something that people weren't doing here yet. Right. And so I kind of right. got lucky in that aspect. And in the, the, the relationship um, building component of it, you now had a space that you got to create and nurture to allow that to, for them to be open to it. Yeah. Like, you know what? I, I trust you and, and they might not be familiar with what you're doing or know what the end result's going to be, but the relationship is such that trust is, is there. And, and in the beginning in. that trust wasn't there. And that oh, was the tricky part right. is I have these people coming to me and they're saying, listen, we like what you're doing. And we're interested in that, but we're just not sure how it's going to be received. No, yeah. Yeah. And so I remember one of the first kind of, you know, big corporate jobs I had was uh, photographing the exec uh, executives for Gibson Energy. And so they came to me and they said, listen, last year, our annual report, we had all the executives, they were sitting at a round table, arms up on the table, just kind of whatever your standard photo would be. We want to do something different. And so I said, okay, awesome. Just, you know, let me come check out the space and I'll see what I can do. And the, the president had this massive office with all these big windows and everything. So we moved in some coaches 
and we had like some chairs put in, we had people kind of staggered all over and just made something that was a little bit more dynamic. And so we shot that and I thought it looked great. The creative department came over to me after and they said, okay, listen, yeah, like we like this, but maybe we should shoot that round table shot just as a safety. And I looked at it and I said, you, you hired me to not do that. Just, just give me two seconds or whatever. So the president, his name was Stu. I still remember that. I called him over and I said, listen, I want you to take a look at this shot because I'm shooting tethered to my laptop. He looked at it and he goes, yeah, this looks amazing. And one of the other guys came over. He was a shorter guy, but he was standing where the people were sitting. He's like, I look tall. I love it. <laughs> and all this went on. I mean, yeah, I looked at the, I looked at the girl who was running the creative department. I said, we're done. We're done. Like, we're, we don't, we don't need that shot. Just trust me to go forward with this. Yeah. And I just kind of kept that mentality of you brought me in here to do something right. because you were bored of what you had. So just trust me to like make it happen. And, you know, eventually got to the point where my work started kind of speaking for itself and people going like, okay, like yeah. this works, you know? There, so there's a huge amount of value in that, I think, because David and I were just talking about, we're you know, creating a culture and a, and a vision for what the gist is, for example. And we talked about aggressive being mm -hmm. aggressive and, words are just words we get to add the meaning to it right so yeah. you can come from aggression like you know obviously what people to probably think about to dominate somebody yeah. but you can also be aggressive where you're coming from a place of compassion but you're you're going to stand your ground and say what needs to be said yeah right and, and, and you believed in your work and they asked you to do a job and you just yeah. reinforce that by yeah. saying well look this is what we did right? yeah. and why, why go back to i mean because everybody wants that safety Oh, yeah. And they look and at it just like case. this is their bosses. These guys aren't my bosses. I don't look at them in the right. same light. You know, these are yeah. just people to me. Mm -hmm. To them, this feels like their job is on the line. But so, you know, I typically, I just, I kind of, if there's questions, I go past it and I show the people who are like in charge. Yeah. And as soon as I get their stamp, everybody just kind of yeah, reads on the side and off we point. go type thing. So it's, it's interesting in that regard where, you know, every once in a while you just, yeah, you have to. It's, it's not being a bully. It's just saying, you brought me here for a reason. Right. Hey, you're standing. Follow through on that reason. For what, you know, what don't, you're good at. Don't bring me to do something that you didn't bring me on for the first place. So I want to ask you a couple things about uh, about your life and what you're up to. Because uh, you listened, You said you listened to some of the podcasts, right? Yeah. And so what we're, what we're doing here is showing people that, for lack of better terms, every person has the opportunity to, to live a life that they say they want to live. Yeah. You, you actually have a hell of a lot more say in how things go. Mm -hmm. What we do really is just subconsciously, we let ourselves off the hook all the time. Yeah, well, this is just how it is, and this is how I have to do it, and I got bills to pay, and yeah. yada, 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 right? So um, you said that you have a family. Yes. Um, so you're running a business, you're, you're doing well right now, you've been doing it for 10 years. I assume you did something before that. So if you, if you could give us a little background around how you got into doing the job that you love, yeah. your business, and and what your thought process is some days on those days where it's like, what the fuck am I doing? Well, for me with photography, it was complete accident. Okay. I, uh, I was not a, a, a school guy, an <laughs> academic, if you will. I just, it wasn't that I couldn't do it. It's just like a board so easily. Yeah, I didn't don't really want to. I, yeah, I don't deal well with... Um, the kind of yeah. Well, authority, <laughs> authority, one, yeah. authority. Being told what to do doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. having a boss not a good thing. But um, yeah, it's just for me, kind of doing that day in day out. You know, 
punching the clock, you know, having this set routine always. Yeah. It just, I, I bore of it very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I guess 23 or 24, I'm 37 now. And I bought my first camera. It was a little film uh, SLR camera. And I just, I literally bought it just looking for something to do. I had no intentions of creating any. You weren't like, I'm going to be a photographer. Yeah, I was just, it was mostly, hey, I'm, I'm kind of bored. And I had a lot of friends that were musicians and artists in different regards, stuff like that. And I kind of thought, you know, they, they're getting something out of expressing themselves in some way. Mm. I can't draw. I don't play any instruments. can't right. sing. So I was like, well. Yeah. Yet. yet. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Karaoke tonight. <laughs> and so I ended up buying this camera and, you know, like most things, I took close-ups of flowers and park benches and fire hydrants, you know, the macro shots that everybody goes through. And it would go through moments where I'd, I'd shoot all the time for a couple months and then I wouldn't touch it again for a few months and then I'd come back and do it. And it wasn't anything that I really put too much thought into. But then when I was trying to figure out what to do with my life, because I was just, I was working like warehouse jobs and stuff like that, just yeah. kind of, you know, making like $8 an hour and yeah. just being young and not having any responsibility. Totally. But I started figuring out, you know, I'm getting into my mid twenties and I should have some sort of direction in my life. So I took a year of uh, arts and science at the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. And one of the classes I took there was a black and white darkroom course. Hmm. So I learned how to develop film in the darkroom and stuff like that. And I, I started to get more and more interested in it. And then I had a friend who had come here to take the photojournalism course at SAIT. And I thought, well, I like cameras. Maybe I'll give that a go. So Plaid got in, did my first year of journalism, because uh, the second year is the photo part, and realized I am in no way a journalist whatsoever. <laughs> like, I had zero get interest. Out, get in, out. Yeah, this was just not the path for me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So I left that. I uh, didn't complete that. And then I ended up getting a job at uh, the camera store downtown here. And I worked there for like a year, a year and a half-ish. And uh, during that time, I got married. And I was starting to get more and more involved in, in cameras and everything like that. And I was starting to find out I had a pretty good eye for it and that kind of thing. And my wife and I were coming back from our honeymoon. And uh, we had driven down to Vegas, which I'll never do again. Oh, People that said was, that drive was I thought, amazing. I it's not. It was awesome. it's, I don't know. It's like I guess if you went down the coast, but we just yeah. kind of went down the mountains, and I'm like, it's sort of like looking out my window every day <laughs> for like <laughs> kind of not 15 hours. You know, yeah. like it wasn't until we got a, got to the top of Utah and everything kind of went red rock and desert. I was like, okay, well this is cool, but it only took about 15 hours to get here. Yeah, right. But anyway, so on our way back from this trip, I said to her, I was like, you know what? I'm totally like a sink or swim type of guy. And if I don't just jump into this and try it, I won't do it. Right. And so she said, yeah, sure. You know, give it a go. Let's see what happens. And at the time she was a commercial property manager. She was making good money. So yeah, on the way back, um, you know, she was, we had that discussion. She was a commercial property manager at the time. So she was making decent money and Sorry, we didn't have any children. Your, your wife. My wife. Yeah. Right. So we, on our way back from our honeymoon and, um, you know, so I quit my job and I started doing this. And when we had our daughter, which she will be turning um, eight here in July, after my wife got off mat leave, my business still wasn't where it needed to be in order to support us. So I basically would watch my daughter from like seven in the morning until seven at night and then try to work from seven at night until like two in the morning. 
and then do it all over again. I did that for, wow. you know, like a year because it was one of those things where if I didn't, I wasn't going to get anywhere. Hmm. And for you, if I wanted it, this is what I had to do. And so when we had our son, hey, which can was, I just cut you off for one second? Yeah. I want everybody to hear what you just said right there. You just said, if I wanted it, this is what I had to do. Mm -hmm. Period. Was yeah. that always comfortable and sunshine and rainbows? And no, it was awful. <laughs> I, felt like my, awful. I felt like yeah. my eyes were going to start bleeding at it some point. It was awful. Yeah. Right? But it's it's the grind, right? You it's were playing the, for something bigger than yourself, though. Yeah. It's like, that's awesome. Sorry yeah. to cut you off. Go no. ahead, your son. All good. And then, so after my son was born, uh, a couple of years later, uh, my wife went on mat leave again. And when she was, when it was coming time, we looked at everything and realized, you know what, we're, we're basically in a position where we could just do it. You know, like if, if things kept going as they were, then we could just kind of scrape by. She wanted to be at home with the kids. I wanted her to be at home with the kids. Okay. I wanted to do this more, you know, with, with more freedom, if you will. And so that's what we decided. And then, so that was, my son will be turning uh, six here in July, both July babies. Super oh, fun. wow. But um, yeah, so that was six to seven years ago um, when she finally stopped working. And yeah, I just, ever since the business has just kind of like grown and grown and grown. And there's been different directions. Um, I was shooting weddings at the time, but I yeah. knew that I wanted to go more into the corporate commercial world. And so, but at the time, weddings was like 80% of my income. So, right. and I was getting to a point where the weddings I was shooting, people were paying me, like I was making between six to eight grand a wedding. So it wasn't small money. And people were giving me four to $5,000 a year in advance as a retainer. So it was one of those things where when I eventually said, you know what, I'm not shooting weddings anymore, which had been about five years ago now, I'm going all corporate commercial. It was interesting the to just like, changed. people are saying, hey, we want to give you this money. And I'm going, well, I can't take it because I'm not doing that anymore. But I need it. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't. But if I, I, if I want if I want to get to Absolutely. where I want to be, I needed to figure out a way to <clears throat> make it work. And so I did. It's been fantastic. But. There, there's some gold in here that I just want to break down yeah. really quick. First of all, commitment. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I, I'm not going to take your $3,500 check right now mm -hmm. when I have mouths to feed. Yeah. Because I have something that I'm committed to. Yeah. I have a dream over here that I want. Yeah. And you knew if you just keep taking that action, you're going to get the same result, which is shooting weddings on weekends in the yes. summer. Um, you use the word decide a couple times. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with etymology, and I might get this wrong, but the word decide basically means that you're cutting off any other possibility. Mm. So when you decide on something, something interesting happens with the brain. And just if you believe that there's other stuff going on out there that we're not, you know, aware of, yeah. things start to happen. When you just make a decision, you make a choice that you're going to do this thing, things start to flow into place. So commitment, decision. I also hear support and community. So you have like your wife who mm -hmm. believed in your dream. You have, she, you know, you guys had a plan like, yeah. okay, wait a minute, we could do it. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, you have to go back to work. I'll work from seven to two in the morning. Like yeah. it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm really inspired. And the thing that people need to hear in, in all of this is that, um, would you just, would you describe yourself as like a Joe average? Like you're a regular guy, right? You're a normal yeah. human, right? Yeah. No, there's, yeah. there's nothing special. You don't have any superpowers any or anything? No, no. And, and, you, and you would say that you're living a pretty good life and yeah. you're doing something I mean, that you love and you enjoy. We, my 
my children are provided for. I get to do something I enjoy. My wife has gotten to be at home and raise our children. She's going back to school in the fall now. So, so cool. we're just paying for that. She's going to go into social work and, you know, save people's lives while I, you know, sell well, my stuff in the commercial world. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, right. um, but yeah, we're just kind of finding things that we wanted to do in our lives. And we're just kind of trying to set ourselves up to make that all a possibility. So. Right. And set yourselves up. So that means, again, when you make a decision to do something or there's something you want in your life, there's adjustments that you have to make, right? Yeah. There's shifts yeah. and things you have to give up and other things you have to start doing that you weren't doing before. Yep. Right. It's all about making it work. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it kind of all falls into this whole balance of, you know, realizing that the trajectory of life is going to always change. Mm-hmm. And the same with what you guys were saying at the beginning of this, where the podcast, you're trying to figure out what is it going to be? Well, that's life. Mm-hmm. It just, it constantly takes all these different varying points where you, you know, need to decide like, do I want it to go this way? Am I going to go left or am I going to go right? And you know, which, which is going to be. And then owning that. Yeah. And then, yeah. Committing to it and deciding if this is what I want. Yeah. then this is what I have to do. Owning that and then also being big enough to deal with the inevitable curveballs. Like shit's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. You know, you're going to lose a contract or you're going to, like that stuff's going to happen. And then it's a matter of, then do you just fold up and say I'm done? Or do you or do you double down and, and yeah. keep it rolling? And, and that's the thing. It's like trying to, you know, figure out exactly kind of dealing with those losses and finding ways to fuel them into, you know, either doing better on your next endeavor, be it the same thing or something completely different. And just, you know, trying to just realizing that there's going to be hiccups, bumps, you know, complete caverns that happen in, in whatever you're doing and just figuring out ways to kind of know that when that happens, how do you get yourself back out? So, so, so now that you've, uh, now that you've shared a bit about your story and you're, you're feeling some success, things are going well. Yeah. If you would, can you share a little bit about like what you guys do for fun? What you do with your family? How do you get away? How do you clear your head? Well, that's kind of the funny thing too. When you were saying, you know, everybody has the ability to live their best life, and I am not amazing at that. It's um, you know, I get, I, I think get, that's a work in progress. Yeah, for everybody. I get into the grind, right? Yeah, and this is something I that, like a, a realization I had the other day where. When I'm really busy, I just wish it would slow down a little so that I could do more of the things like go hiking or, you know, do whatever and just enjoy that time. But then as soon as that time becomes available, I start freaking out and looking for more work. you should work. be doing something yeah, else. Yeah, like instead mm-hmm. of just, you know, kind of settling into it and going, okay, this is that time you were hoping for. Use it before it runs out and, you know, you're back into the mix of it all. So. Right. The other day I was just, yeah, I was hanging out and I was sitting at home and I was doing some work on the computer and I was looking at my calendar and, you know, I didn't have much coming up and I kind of started getting into that little like, well, you know, got to fill it up. Yeah. I've, I've got, I've got money in the bank, but, uh, you know, for how long stuff like yeah. that is, is this where things are going to slow down? You know, always that, that what if moment. Right. But then I realized I was looking and I go, I don't want to be here right now. I'm not doing anything. So I just, I grabbed my kids and we went for a hike in the forest. I was just like, I need to, I'm going to get way more out of that than sitting here trying to figure out where my next job's coming from. Yeah, totally. And everything like that. And then, yeah, like two days later, all of a sudden now I've got four or five more jobs lined up. And so rather than sitting there and not taking advantage of that time, I'm starting to try to teach myself that when I do have these available moments to try to make the best of them, do something 
enjoy the freedom that I have in the, in the job that I've created where I don't work nine to five, if it's a Wednesday afternoon and I don't have anything going on, I can go do whatever I want. Yeah. And that you actually created your life that way. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's that balance between, you know, realizing that there's still a grind when I get back yeah. and not just falling into this whole mix of like, well, I'm like maybe going to do something for a week. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's kind of the, the fine writing line with a lot of entrepreneurs, I guess, if you will, in the creative industry is that they kind of get this mentality of like sitting in a coffee shop is doing work. Well, no, it's not. You're just sitting in a coffee shop because it's fun. Yeah. And, you know, so for me, it's when I'm not busy going hiking, you know, playing ball, playing hockey, doing sports, going camping. I love camping. It's like yeah. my favorite thing in the world. And just making time for this. And especially with like my children and stuff like that, introducing them to these things and giving them an appreciation for, you know, the world and adventure and, you know, getting dirty and doing whatever. And it's just, for me, my balance has been trying to figure out that I need to take advantage of those times and actually do more of it. Cause I think David had asked me like, you know, what do you like doing? I, I listed these things and then, but I followed it up with, but I don't do them nearly enough. Right. So I'm trying to do that more now. Can, can I offer you something and, yeah. and can I recruit your services for a second? Yeah. That's why I'm here. Um, okay, cool. So this guy is the master of structure. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and you know, we build accountability structures around us. Mm -hmm to um, be more intentional about creating that balance. And, um, you know, there's a book that I, I'm reading and I read it and reread it. It's called The Parable of the Pipeline. And he's talking about how important it is to build pipelines in your life financially. So a lot of people, we go to work every day, we get paid. Mm -hmm. That's the equivalent of trading your time for money, which he refers to in the book is carrying buckets. You're yeah. carrying buckets of water. And people think, well, if I want to have a better life or if I got a big problem, I just need a bigger bucket. Yeah. But the idea is eventually you're, you're just going to pour out all of the water in the bucket. It's going to be empty. You're going to have to go and carry another bucket eventually. Yeah. So he talks about spending a part of your time carrying buckets and paying bills, basically, yeah. and then spending a part of your time building a pipeline, finding places to put your water, for lack of better terms, your money yeah. that will build and grow and pay you for the rest of your life. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, inside of all that, <clears throat> he talks about, you know, what would you do every day if you had fourteen hundred and forty dollars at the beginning of every day? Yeah. Like, what would you do? Yeah. You know that tomorrow you're going to get another fourteen hundred and forty dollars. Right. Yeah. So what he's referring to is fourteen hundred and forty minutes in your day. Like that's what you get. So he's like, you get to choose how you're going to spend those dollars. And you also get to choose how you're going to spend those minutes. Donald Trump and the three of us have the same amount of time in a day. Yeah. Granted, we have dramatically different lives, yeah. but the point is, is people who are really successful, they're intentional about their time and they're intentional about where they spend it. And it's filled up with all of the things that bring them joy and fulfillment and recharge and, and effectiveness. Yes. Right. So, um, in the beginning, this book here, I don't know if I, I think I can share this on here. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, this is the self-journal. This is just happens to be the structure that I'm using right now to mm -hmm. run my life. If I don't use this thing uh, in 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 uh, tandem with like my electronic calendar and my notebooks and stuff yeah. like that, to, so I know what's going on in my world. But I, I get to intentionally 
put in here, like this is the target, this is what has to happen today, this is my goal or my intention for the day, right? So I'm always in here looking at what are the things that are important in my life? So education is important to me, family is important to me, self-care is important to me, my business is important. So if all of those things matter, I'm now intentional about, okay, making sure that I have that balance in my, my yeah, life. Yeah, because right? that's a huge thing too. There's so much where, you know, people on like a, a say like a broader scale when people say, you know, like, how do I start this business or anything like that? I always tell people like, I have a one-year plan, a five-year plan, and a 10-year plan. And there's shifts that are going to happen in those. But if you don't have a sense of direction of what you're doing, you have no idea how to get to where you're going type thing. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm not, I'm definitely not as um, focused as that self journal. I think that's a brilliant idea. I, um, I'll give myself like, this is like a list, a checkoff list of this is what you need to get done today. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it just kind of like gets thrown into rambles and it's just, I don't have or dedicated so time huge blocks that you don't actually get. To yeah. It. And I don't have dedicated time blocks of like, well, this is where I'm going to work on this. And this is what I'm going to do here. This is what I'm going to do here. It kind of just turns into like, well, what do I actually feel like doing? And sometimes that's none of it. And right. then it sucks. Right. But yeah. that's brilliant. Like to actually kind of, yeah, make sure that you're dedicating your time to the things that matter. And the idea behind that is like, obviously this is paper and we're living in real life. Mm-hmm. So there's a slight difference yeah. there. So things will come up for me. But the idea with this is that I recognize that, okay, if I was supposed to do something at 10 AM and a call came in or, or something happened and it, and it ran over time, I now get to be responsible for that commitment and then replace it either later in the day or later in my week. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that it just has me, stay present to what it is that I said I was going to do, what's important. And I'm, you know what I mean? And then yeah. I schedule the things in that need to get done. And uh, my family is a huge part of that. It's like, I actually schedule in the time. Like, okay. What's the, what does my week look like? Cause if I start, you know, you, you know how it is. We could all work 70 hours a week. Oh yeah. Easily. So I start looking at my week and going, okay, I'm out on Tuesday night and I'm out on Thursday night. And then I block, I'll block off Wednesday night that, non-negotiable that's home I'm yeah i'm gonna be home that day right i only go out a, a certain amount of nights per week but if i'm not careful if i'm not actually paying attention if i'm not present to what tuesday looks like i could have made a commitment on wednesday that now has me feeling anxiety like oh fuck i'm out of the house three nights this week in yeah. a row that doesn't work right yeah. so um that's what it's the, now the reason why i said to recruit david services is because he's the one with the structure and he's the one who gave me this journal and then we now use this as a framework to hold each other accountable. We have so did you make this journal then? No, it's it's actually something that you can buy. Uh, so it is called the Self Self Journal. Um, Best Self is the name of the company. And uh, what's what's super powerful about this framework, and I use this in, in tandem with, uh, with three other structures actually, because one supports the other. And if you were to look at it, the, the big blue sky picture when you, when you get clear about your big blue sky picture, and, and that is um, however far out you decide to look, and in your case, could be as far as 10 years, yeah. and you start to filter that back, um, that's great. Okay, so I know what it is that, I'm, that I'd like to see happen in my life. Um, and then what's the next layer of, uh, of structure and support um, that are still... Uh, that they're they're the milestones if you would if you would like to uh, classify it that way there are these things that then you know you need to hit as benchmarks in order to have that that big vision happen and then there is the granular daily 
way of being and, and actions and tasks that would have you hit that milestone. The problem with some of these structures is we are in the moment, usually all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and then, and yeah, we're doing lots of stuff to your point. Like there's a list that we're knocking off yeah. and we got lots of it done, but we're still not, there's a missing, uh, like a, a feeling of fulfillment out of that. It's like, yeah, but like, why did I do all that stuff again? I'm not even, what, what, to what end did that actually have me go and move towards some of mm -hmm. these key milestones or, or the big vision that, that I'm working towards? And we mm -hmm. rarely give ourselves the time to sit and think and be in that type of chaotic unknowing and start to make sense of it so that there is a compass that starts to show up. It's like, yeah, this is true North for me. This is the thing that I'm, that I'm committed to working towards. And, and this daily practice, um, is this is this document, this book, uh, along with one other one, which is kind of one step up from, from here. It's more, more, uh, the week, uh, is my, uh, if I were to go into battle, it is my battle plan. But there is an objective for that battle plan. Like we want to go, you know, we want to conquer over there. Yeah. And we are all clear about that. But that battle plan, man, if you leave that battle plan at home mm -hmm. or you don't even think about what that battle plan will look like the next day, there is no guarantee. This creates a guarantee that there is a direction and momentum. So I'll put some, uh, some real life to it, for example. You had talked about... Um, you talked about, you know, when things are empty, it's like, oh, I got this time. Yeah. But now I'm getting a little nervous of what yeah. that looks like. So, for example, and then I believe me, I'm also a list guy. Like, I'm way more effective when I have a list. Yeah. But here's kind of what happens for me or what, what the difference is. This allows me to be a lot more focused and intentional on my list and, and, and knowing that, okay, this action actually moves the ball forward. Yes. Versus, you know, again, you could, I could spend literally all day just in my email if I wanted to. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're all in relationship businesses. So for example, I make sure that I build into every single day. I'm in contact. I'm in communication with somebody. Somebody knows that I'm alive. Right? Yeah. So for yourself, it's the same thing. You know, you have people that are bringing business to you. You have people that have expressed interest in business. You have other maybe networking events or other things that you do to generate business. Yeah. So you can just, and I'm not saying that you don't do this because I don't know enough about you, but, but be, being mindful that, okay, you know what? Every day I'm just going to spend half an hour on that deepening relationships or finding ways to you know generate new business so that uh, you're constantly have your pipeline filled and you don't experience as much it's always going to be there but you don't experience as much of that you know dramatic ebb and flow and then you can consciously create the time to be with your family for example yes like so that you're not working you know into seven eight o'clock at night and then it's like kind of kiss the kids good night and high five your wife and go to sleep yeah right? like <laughs> good day yeah see you tomorrow maybe. and i think that's the thing too it's like with all of this, if you have, because basically it just, it gives you a plan. Yeah. Like what is, what is today? And when you have that, it's so much easier to be productive and to feel like, you know what I did, I got everything done today. And if you get it done early, well, now I've got extra time to do all this other stuff. Right. right. But I find on days when I have some sort of structure like that, I'm just, I'm way more productive. I'm like, I'm getting up at five 30 tomorrow morning. I'm going to have this stuff hammered up by nine. I'm going to do this at 10, stuff like that. You know, that day is just like, yeah, it flies, it right? Cause you're not yeah. stuck in your head all day. You already have it laid out of yeah. what it looks like. When I wake up and I'm like, all right, well, what do I need to get done? Yeah. 
Those days, oh, those production levels about one eight. May as well just stay in bed. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that's that's actually I'm brilliant. Though. Check I like the that. email. Yeah, we'll we'll send you a link for that. Yeah. And uh, I'm being mindful of time here. We're we're coming up to our half. I'm an a talker. Yeah. We're, you, we're all me, talkers. If it's, you give me space, I'll keep going. This for like three hours. I, I was even like, ooh, I should say about this, but I'm not going to. <laughs> we'll do it another time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Thank you for oh, taking the time and, and digging in with us and, and exploring with us. Now I've got a much better sense of who you are and, yeah. and what you're up to and how life has been for you. There's there's just so much gold in every yeah. one of our journeys and 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 those milestones in our lives when, when we actually take the time to think about it. And that's really what this is about is to acknowledge you and and for you to really be able to acknowledge yourself inside of the milestones that you've achieved and why you've achieved them and and the difference that they've made and that they continue to make yeah. because there is something that you created as a structure uh whether whether we're present to it or not whether you were present to it or not that that has you show up a certain way um, moving forward that will be you will always be of service to yourself and to others and and that is a theme through through all of this that we create is anybody can do that anybody can create that type of environment yeah. that has them now make a difference how, somewhere else how many people say that they wish they could spend more time with their kids well yet you've spent the last 10 years of your life creating it such that your your kids have mom and dad around yes right yeah. you did that yeah it's pretty awesome so <laughs> if you guys want to hear a bit more about nathan if you want to get in touch with him we can make that happen yeah we'll put it all in the show notes yeah we'll put it all in the show notes and um this is episode 30. Episode 30. Uh, we want to remind you guys that we want to hear from you guys we want you to see Say hi at thegistpodcast.com. Share a story, leave a comment, give us some feedback, maybe ask a question. We could do our best to give you some advice. Non-professional, of course. There you go. Um, I don't know about you, but it'll always be professional (laughs) on my side. (laughs) Yeah, you can take that liability. That's fine. Yeah, (laughs) fair. I won't be responsible for the actions, but it's totally professional. Anyways, we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. And that... Is how you do that. Beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That was awesome. Yeah, man. Do you mind if I peek at that?